Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. So you're feeling lucky out there? Some teams, NBA teams, feeling pretty lucky after this NBA draft lottery extravaganza from Secaucus, New Jersey, with special guests adoring the scene. We had Joel Embiid. We had other special guests. It was a pretty nice scene. Boston, congratulations. You're feeling lucky you got the number one pick. Lakers, congratulations. You are extremely lucky. You get to keep your pick due to the stipulations of your trade. You're in the top three. You get to hold on to it. And 76ers, congratulations. You snuck in the top three. Hashtag trust the process. Mike, are you feeling lucky today? I'm always feeling lucky when I'm sitting here with my best friend Gus Kearns. Talking some NBA hoop, the lottery is done, the leprechaun came through, and the Celtics have the top pick. So who's not feeling lucky? I know who shouldn't be feeling lucky, the Los Angeles Lakers, because as much as Irvin Magic Johnson can pump his fist, Gus, once they take Lonzo Ball, it's going to be downhill, let me tell you. Not good. It's already a shaky situation just because, well, there's there's multiple factors. You just want to jump right into it? Let, let, let's go with like, okay, like they're pushing for Lonzo to get to the Lakers and, and voila, the, the ping pong balls help them out. Let's hit the rewind button on the NBA situation. And let's go back to the Russell Nick Young situation where a whole bunch of man rules were broken. A yes. whole bunch of, yes. a whole bunch of like trust was broken and some people are pretty sour with each other, right? So if if for nothing else, this kind of carves Russell's path out of L.A. one way or another, or at least over to the bench or for less playing time. We all championship. We all championed Russell and his like uh, creative playmaking ability and his unique flair of play. But really, did it pan out for the Lakers at all? So now, not only do they have an avenue to remove something that was a real big roadblock. And I'm sure Luke Walton wasn't thrilled with that like extracurricular activity. But now they have the opportunity to go ahead and, tr- and just draft the person that's going to replace him immediately. They don't understand that when a top athlete has a myriad of distractions or problems that happen off the court, it's never good. It's never good. LeVar Ball, he is a genius, and we are all idiots. Gus. Oh, okay, okay, continue, because uh, I, I, I think I feel where you're going here, but I want to hear your rationale. Gus, wh- we love professional wrestling, right? Growing up, we watched wrestling all the time, okay? Okay, can we, can we lift the curtain a little bit? I, I'm just going to lift the curtain for myself personally. I rented the first WrestleMania at my house for $5. I then invited my friends over, and then not only did my friends come over, but my friends' parents came over to watch WrestleMania one at my house. It was pretty awesome. Uh, since then, I have my uncle and I have followed professional wrestling loosely, as have you and I and Dr. Tony. So yes, professional wrestling is part of our sports following. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and I was watching that same one. With some of our buddies, of course, one town over from you. Sure. And I was ridiculed for saying 
that this was fake and that it they weren't really hurting each other. Right. To which right. one right. of our good right. friends right. responded, oh, yeah, what is that, fake blood? <laughs> yes, it, it either use the razor blade or it is fake blood. Right. This is right. my point. At the, whether it was the junkyard dog or the magnificent Morocco, whoever was bleeding in WrestleMania one, Fa- fabulous references, right? If they were really losing the amount of blood that was there, they would be dead. There would also be medics and local hospitals, and there would be reports, right? But there weren't. There weren't news stories the next day that the magnificent Morocco lost three pints of blood in a wrestling match. That would have been top news, even without the internet. So when things are said or done that just aren't true, why are we as a culture fascinated by it? LeVar Ball cannot beat Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one. He can't do it now. He couldn't do it 20 years ago. He could never do it. Why has he been able to gather so many headlines by saying that? If I said right now, Gus, can, Mike, can, can, is, he, is he really better than Byron Russell? Right. No. Like, like come on. <laughs> if Mike Randall, I can beat up Mike Tyson. I can take Mike Tyson, everybody. Put it on Twitter. I can, t- I can, no, that's not, no one, that's not on CBS tomorrow. It's not on ESPN. You know why? Because it's just not true and it's silly. But LeVar Ball continues to get publicity for doing ridiculous things. And you can't tell me that that's going to affect Lonzo. Of course it's going to affect Lonzo. I saw, I think it was GM from the Phoenix Suns interviewed on that show, the, uh, the NBA Draft Combine show, and they asked him, and he said, no, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Very careful, Gus. He said, I don't think it's going to be an issue. If right. it's not an issue, you say it's a non-issue. But by Correct. answering that question and putting that word in, that puts some doubt. It puts some doubt. And I will compare him to two other professional athletes. Uh, I, I will, can't wait for this. I will Listeners, com- this is what you need to tune in for. I will show you. I will compare him to someone that I shouted from the high heavens was not going to be good in the NFL. I didn't want to hear about it. I argued with our, with our good friend about it, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was this mythical character at Texas A&M who was short, who had a decent arm, and who excelled on chaotic plays. And then you would see a video of him getting kicked out of a party at Texas. And he'd do the finger motion. Yeah, finger motion. Okay, went with the money, right? Right, all right, right, right. All right. of that's like, 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 like he's rubbing the money together. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, at the combine, Johnny Manziel's hands measured out enormously, just like Harry Giles. Of course, continue. It's a perfect. Thank you for that. Perfect, my friend. And that's like that stuff caught up with him. The partying, the crashing of the car, he may have hit his girlfriend. It all caught up with him. Matt Harvey, different level. Matt Harvey's a very good comparison to Alonzo Ball. Matt Harvey was a phenom. Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight. All the Met fans, right? He just did weird stuff, whether he appeared in SI in the, in the uh, naked issue, okay? Or, and by, or, by the way, look at him now. Right. That's he would it. not be appearing in that issue now. Folks, if you're going to be a professional athlete, you are going to be in the top 0.001%. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to work and you don't have to do things the right way when you get there. Lonzo Ball is not that much better than any of these guys out there, these backup point guards on NBA teams, he is not that much better than Corey Joseph in Toronto. He's not. If he's going to play to his potential and work and try to hone his craft, yes, he can be better. 
But I don't know, Gus. We'll tie this in. The best player in this draft for Mike Randall's money is De'Aaron Fox. And it's Mm -hmm. not even close. And the last time Alonzo played De'Aaron Fox, he got his head handed to him. So you're telling me that when he gets to the NBA, he's now all of a sudden going to be able to stop these players? He didn't want to win that game. He didn't want to beat Kentucky. He didn't want to win that with LeVar yelling in his ear. That's the guy who's competing with you to be number one potentially. He got smoked, and he's going to struggle. I don't like Lonzo Ball. I think eventually he'll be okay. I think he could be a poor man's Ricky Rubio. Poor man's Ricky Rubio? Yes. Okay, so we have two hot takes here. The first hot take is you're comparing him to Corey Joseph as a backup point guard on the Raptors, and you're saying he's now a poor man. Ricky Rubio, I think he can shoot a tiny bit better than Ricky Rubio, but that's about it. I am with you. I am not, not on the Lonzo Ball train. I think that he is completely overrated. I think his skill set is odd and curious, but I also think that oddity and that curiosity is going to find a huge roadblock in the NBA because the low shot a jump shot put a hand up you're good i think he's a step slow to guard perimeter bigs to guard the best perimeter players just think of him trying to guard like how about this how about him trying to guard demar Derozan? is he gonna check demar Derozan? he's not gonna check anybody is he really gonna check how about i don't know i'm not even pulling up like lebron james or kyrie irving or Chris Paul. Is he going to check Jamal Crawford? How about Goran Dragic? How about that? Goran Dragic is a great comparison. He can't, yes. he can't stop. And here's the thing, Gus. You, you have an encyclopedia of knowledge. No one knows more players than, than you do. Can you name a guy who's really successful in the NBA that doesn't work hard? Well, let, let, let's not jump into his work ethic because you and I are out of practice. You know, uh, we, we are at the combine. We don't see. We don't know his practice habits. You think, you think sure. he practices hard when he couldn't stop De'Aaron Fox and had no interest in trying to stop him in that game? All of a sudden, when he's in practice, you think he's more like Allen Iverson, or you think all of a sudden he's slapping the floor like you know Wojnowski? I'm just saying. I thought that was a very revealing game, man. That really yeah. hurt him. Your I, I, team I is too. losing. They're going down. And by the way, I think he declared as he was walking off the court. I mean, it, it, I, I'm sorry. See, it doesn't it add up to me. Way. You want to call yeah. me a, 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 you know, a soft? I'm too sensitive. Fine. You know what? I want my players to want it. I'm going to give you millions of dollars. I want you to want it. I want you to care. He's at UCLA. He didn't give a damn about that game. And Fox was lighting him up. All of a sudden, he's going to lock down defensively. Okay. You know what I think that speaks to too. Number one, it obviously speaks to Fox as a player. You, uh, if you guys have listened to the podcast. Uh, and girls, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know how Mike and I feel about Fox. We are gigantic fac- Fox backers. We we feel like he's going to be a phenomenal NBA player. In fact, how about this? I was kind of saving this for our mock draft, and I'll throw it back out then um, when we get a little bit closer to June. Do you know who Fox is going to be in the, MB- in the NBA? Go for it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to give it to you right now, and everybody's going to copy this. So just mark it down here that you heard it on the screen, the screener podcast first. And then when you hear it over and over and over and over again, you can come back and be like, oh, yeah, Mike and Gus told me that. He's going to be a better Kenny Anderson. He's even long, and he's even longer than Kenny Anderson with those Do arms. you remember how nasty Kenny Anderson was with sure, the Nets sure. his first couple of years with Derek Coleman? Even on the Nets. Yeah. He was outrageously outstanding. 
And if we hit the rewind button even further, go back to Lethal Weapon 3 at Georgia Tech with uh, who is there? By, uh, uh, Oliver oh, Brian and Oliver. Scott, right? Yeah, Brian Oliver, yeah. And Dennis yeah, Scott, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if we go back even further, he is going to be a better Kenny Anderson in the NBA. That is the comparison that you're going to hear over and over and over again moving forward as we get closer to the draft. Just remember, you heard it here first. I love the comparison. De'Aaron Fox is the best player in this draft. He's going to be the best pro. The only guy who could have been a better pro than him is Miles Bridges. There's mm. your hot take. I was, I was waiting for you to bring, bring up Miles Bridges. So um, sp- since we've gone off, uh, since we have the Lakers t- taking Lonzo Ball, do you just want to go ahead and do a little rundown of maybe like the top like eight or nine? Yeah, yeah, teams? let's fire away. Awesome. And think of like, oh, you know, I think this team could use this, but maybe they could use that. And we, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give our first shout out. We'd like to credit um, one of our uh, like super loyal listeners, you know, Phil Olson. He actually asked the question, like, who do you think they should take? Who do you think they will take? Um, so here you go. Here's the shoulds and woulds for the draft. Mike, are we deviating or thinking that Boston should take anybody else but uh, Markel Fultz here? No, I, I, I like Markel Fultz. I, I think Fultz is going to be a really good player. Remember, his, his shooting percentage, field goal percentage was higher than I thought it was. I think it was on 47% yeah. in Washington. I think this is a very, you know, again, much less comparison, but I, I do think Fox is going to be better than him, but I think he has a very high floor. So remember the Elijah Wan, Jordan draft? I, I'm not comparing them to Elijah Wan. I'm just saying that they're going to be close. Fox is going to be better, but Markel, um, Fox is going to be better, but Fultz has the highest floor. There is here on a mock draft. I mean, we look at a million of them. You have NBA Draft Express. You have good old Tankathon. You got CBS, right? And if you go to uh, CBS to read four graves, he's got the Celtics taking Jason Tatum. What mm-hmm. I, I love Jason. That, 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 that's where I was going to go. So just go ahead and talk on that a little bit. I, I love Jason Tatum. I was late to the party on that one. You were there from the start of it. He's tremendous. I think he's going to be a great pro. I think that it's a mistake if the Celtics take Jason Tatum. I'm sorry. I, I, I think that I, I think he's a he, he's a really good, sustained success, long term pro that can really score and do a myriad of things. I just think that's a little high. I don't think Jason Tatum can be the first pick in the draft. I, I, I think it's gotta be false. So here's why that's not a crazy idea, but I'm also gonna give you why I disagree with it. It's not a crazy idea because if you look at that Celtics team, how it's constituted currently, like how many more three-pointers is Jay Crowder going to miss? How, how many more defensive mismatches is Kelly Olenek going to get get himself into as well as he's played? They need that key top-level wing player in the biggest, biggest way. However, which Jason Tatum would definitely fill, and he would he would he would be good to, good to serviceable defensively he'd be unbelievably offensively he has an unbelievably diverse offensive skill set here's where i think we fall back to markel fultz is because jalen brown if you're paying attention to the nba playoffs has been actually playing major minutes yes he has and actually producing on both ends of the floor if you saw i mean the the one thing that's going to encapsulate jalen brown for the celtics moving forward is if you watch the last round against the Wizards, where he went for that offensive rebound and he was falling back, he was off his feet, he went ahead and lunged for the offensive rebound, grabbed it while almost horizontal to the playing floor. Yep. Yep. Then passed it to a teammate. Like I feel like that was like his defining moment of like, okay, these guys can trust me now. And since then he's been on the floor in big moments, guarding LeBron. In crunch time, so on and so on. So I think if Jalen Brown actually pans out, that's where you can leave Jason Tatum 
and go ahead and take Markel Fultz. So initially, I think I was on board with them taking a wing, a bigger wing, whether it be Fultz or, or, or Josh Jackson. But I think now that Jalen Brown is actually panning out a little bit and showing a little bit here, let's go back to Markel Fultz. Yeah, and it's not the – great, well said. It's not the taking uh... – Jason Tatum is a bad idea. No, it's, no, no, not it's, a bad idea. It's not right. that everything you're saying is totally correct about Jalen Brown, and I understand that Boston and Stevens, who's a phenomenal coach, they win with these multifaceted players who could do so many different things, and they have six points and six rebounds and six assists around Isaiah right. Thomas, right. who's now virtually right. unstoppable. Fine. My point is don't fall into the Mitchell Trubisky problem. For those that know fantasy football or NFL football, the Bears got forced into making a trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky because for some reason they thought that he wouldn't be there at the third pick. So they Mm -hmm. traded up one pick to take the North Carolina quarterback named Mitchell Trubisky. And I have no disrespect to him. I just think that he's doomed from his name. I don't think he's going to be the next John Elway. So if they want Tatum, all I want to see them do, Gus, is trade the pick. Trade the pick, get some stuff back. They can slide down to three, four, whatever they want to go. I think Tatum's still going to be there. It's not that taking Tatum is bad. I think he could be a starter in the NBA on a championship team, 100%. I just think with that pick, the better equity move is to trade it and then take Tatum. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea as well. I don't know if they'll be able to get around that. And plus, wouldn't it be nice to have a multifaceted offensive player to go ahead and couple with Isaiah Thomas? Instead of having like a one-dimensional like Marca, uh, uh, Marcus Smart that is kind of like a defensive-oriented guy, yep. instead of having um, instead of having I'm trying to think of the Louisville guard uh, Rozier or Bradley. I'm sorry, Avery Bradley from Texas, who is kind of like an undersized two guard. Wouldn't you want to have some size there? Yeah, oh, I yeah. think I think that's where they're going to lean, especially because Jalen Brown's playing big. Perfect. Um, uh, what do you think about the Lakers? Are they just going to go Lonzo and then be done with it? Lakers or Lonzo, lock it up 100%. Okay. Um, do we feel like there's going to be any deviation? Do we feel like there's going to be any I, – I, I don't know. Are they going to fool around with like trading this pick for, I don't know, let's say Paul George? No. Let's say Gordon Hayward? Not the way, not the way Gus, not the way Magic's pumping his fists. Not the way he was doing that. Okay. He wants LA, and listen, let's not forget this is a business, all right? They need to make money. They're going to make money with Lonzo. Some scout was saying, I heard in the NBA Draft Combine, that Lonzo Ball's summer league games are going to be like the hottest ticket. The guy sells. We're listening to LeVar Ball. He told the person on the uh, on that uh, that ESPN show, the Colin Coward show the other day. Oh, stay- oh, yeah. did, you see, did you see what he said to Christine Leahy? Yeah, he said, Who, stay, uh, stay in your lane. I, but like, he's do- here's the thing. He's smart. He's doing this for a reason. He's very consistent, guys. It's like the Howard Stern Larry. We hate him, but we, pay, we, pay, we listen because we want to hear what he's going to do next. He's going to the Lakers. There is no way. They're not trading it. He will be on Los Angeles, and everyone's going to be thrilled for it out there. Okay. I was just throwing out if we need – like, and again, if we were going to think about trading it, I, I, I think people are a little off base if they think that like the Lakers could just trade the second pick and then get Paul George and then get something else. Because like if you go back and look at like NBA trade history, if we look at what the Nets gave up for both Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce, it was three first round picks. If we go back and look at what uh, the Knicks gave up for Carmelo Anthony, it was multiple players and multiple first round picks. If we look at what the uh, Clippers gave up for Chris Paul, 
it was multiple players and multiple first round picks. So like the second pick in this year's draft is just the start of that conversation. That's not the end of the conversation. So like the Lakers have another pick later on in the draft uh, in the first round. So they may have to add that on. They may have to add a player on. So if they're thinking about trading it, I, I think that's just the start of the conversation. And they need to continue it a, a, a couple of more steps. Plus, George is 27 years old. Ball is 19 years old. You're not going to give up eight years of a point guard, especially when your president is like the greatest point guard maybe in the history of the NBA. They're taking Lonzo. Good, good point. Uh, how about the 76ers at three? This is where it's going to get tricky. As much as we love McConnell from Arizona and, and, and we love the um, – I think they had a foreigner playing point guard for a little while as well. They're in desperate need of a point guard, aren't they? Yeah, this is where it gets tricky. This is the one where you really we're gonna get we're gonna make our money here. Let me go through it really quick. Draft yeah. Express Gus has it going, Josh Jackson. Okay. What? I, 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 again, I love Josh Jackson. The pick makes sense. Uh, NBADraft.net. They haven't taken Josh Jackson. Tankathon. I just like saying that. Tankathon, Tankathon is great. Tankathon.com has them taken Josh Jackson. CBS. Has him taking Markel Fultz because they got Jason Tatum going number one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our Makes good sense. friend and our good friend Jeremy Wu. Yep. Has him taking Jason Tatum. See, I, Jer- yeah, Jer- Jeremy's on board. I, I, I'm with this. I don't think they're taking Tatum three. I don't think the NBA scouts are as enamored with Jason Tatum as maybe they should be. And I don't think there's a chance in heck that Jason Tatum's going three. So I believe that they will take Josh Jackson three. I know there's other choices there. You could argue uh, you could argue Fox, but now they're talking about Ben Simmons playing there. You know, he'll be he'll be moving there that's, and that's, but, that's just what I was going to bring know, up. Ball handling duties with the big men. They could take Fox, but I kind of think they'll take Jackson who can do, you know, the guard forward work a little bit. This, this is a painting on the canvas that is completely untouched by half of the palette. They have no idea what they have in Ben Simmons and what he can do. Here's my prediction. I am thinking that in their blueprint, they are feeling Ben Simmons can have an Antetokounmpo type influence on their team, run a little point, handle the ball a bunch, set up the teammates, and average like you know, 16, 9, and 6. Not, you know, Greek freak status where he's second team all NBA, you know, borderline first team all NBA. By the way, how is he not closer to first team all NBA? That's a whole other discussion for another time. I was just happy he got second team. I thought he was going to get screwed. And then, of course, we know Clay Thompson really got screwed. But go ahead. Right, 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 right. We can get to that a little bit later. Um, uh, another podcast of, like, who got screwed and who didn't. So I feel like they – I, I feel like the blueprint that they have is Simmons can have that type of impact. So maybe they don't feel the need and the urgency to draft a point guard here. I mean, obviously Fox or Dennis Smith would make a whole bunch of sense here, but why not throw in Embiid with Simmons and Josh Jackson and have three unbelievably multi-dimensional players on the floor at the same time where you can totally fit them in and put in two other shooters around them? I don't, that sounds pretty good. That sounds okay to me. Cue the breaking news. The Philadelphia 76ers will rue the day they pass on De'Aaron Fox with this pick. That's out there right now, folks. Breaking news here on the Screen the Screener podcast. They're going to pass on him, and they're going to rue the day. 
I think they're going with a Jackson, maybe a Tatum, but I feel pretty strongly about that one. I think the next pick for the Suns is kind of automatic. They are so loaded in the backcourt. Their backcourt is so heavy. I mean, I know they got rid of Isaiah Thomas, but they do have so many kids, so many guys in the backcourt. And then if you remember last year's draft, they went heavy for like the power forward-ish position in the first round and kind of drafted like two copycats. They went Bender and Chris. So I think if you don't draft like a small forward here, like what are you doing if you're the Suns? So I think the Suns are just going to take whoever's left over, Josh Jackson or, or, or Tatum. I don't think there's any way, any other way that they're going to go. I don't see them taking one of the point guards. I don't see them reaching for anything. It's Jackson or Tatum, whoever's left over. They could want to pair Booker with Fox. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I understand it's probably not the right move, but CBS Sports do does have them taking De'Aaron Fox here. I will be so happy if that happens because if he doesn't get picked here, he's going to Sacramento, and that's like banishing him off to jail. So I want De'Aaron Fox to go to a team where he can really become the great player and the best player in this draft that I know he's going to be. I'm praying the Suns do something illogical here. I agree. If Tatum's there, they're taking him. He's a very Phoenix-like player who could you know, mix into the running gun. Fox and Booker, watch out. I think it would be great. I think you have to have the guts to pull it off. It would be a great selection. I may buy a jersey for De'Aaron Fox, Gus, if they take him here, but I agree. I think they're taking Tatum or Jackson, whoever's left. P.S. I saw an article um, where they ranked like the best jerseys of all time and they ranked like the top 10. And, you know, they went back and listed the Celtics and listed uh, the old uh, Atlanta Atlanta Hawks jerseys with uh, Dominique. Dominique, And, you know, and the only recent one is the current Phoenix Suns. So if you get a current Phoenix Suns De'Aaron Fox jersey, I think you'd be I think you'd be on fleek. I think you'd be keeping it 100. I think you're good. A pair with my uh, Steve Smith jersey from the Ravens that I had my wife get me for uh, before he retired for uh, my birthday. I love my Steve I, Smith. I, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Steve Smith, hard work, hard working guy. That's why I don't like Lonzo and Ben Simmons. Steve Smith, hard working guy. If you played him in Pinochle in your basement, he would fight you if he loses. He, he would. How about Domino's? Exactly. Oh, can you can you see him pound on the board and that, have the dominoes fly everywhere? And that's what I want. I want a hardworking guy. I want a guy like De'Aaron Fox in the locker room crying after the loss. I don't. I don't want to play pinochle with De'Aaron Fox, and that's what I love about him. <laughs> I don't want to play pinochle with De'Aaron Fox. I think we have the title right there. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. So the next next is where it gets really fishy because we have Lottie Divac involved. Uh, the Kings pick next, <laughs> and like. Don't the Kings just need A little dig in Vlade there. Did you catch that? <laughs> like, don't they just need everything? They got rid of Boogie. So now what do they have? They have Willie Cauley-Stein and a whole bunch of, like, also-rans. Like, just take the best player available, please, Kings. Don't try to get tricky or creative or think like, oh, well, you know, this is our need. Like, just take the best player that's there. And you know what? You know who the best player there is? It's Dennis Smith. Can you just take Dennis Smith and let him run point for you, please? That's my hot take on the Sacramento Kings. Take the best player available. The best player available is Dennis Smith Jr. Let him go ahead and run point and dunk on some people. Let's go. Well, actually, Gus, whoever the Sacramento Kings select, when they get selected and walk to the podium, this is the music that they're going to play.
because basically they're going to a, a cemetery. But listen, Dennis Smith is a very logical pick there. Looking at, at the ones we got here, Draft Express has Fox, which would make me miserable. That'd be, be great for them because they would, they would improve tremendously immediately. NBADraft.net has Tatum because they have Fox going to Phoenix, which would make wow, me Wow, I can't believe it. So, so we have we have that much uh, validity with Tatum? Yeah. Like going one and like yes. seven? That's yes. crazy. Uh, and, uh, Tankathon, I can't quote Tankathon <laughs> love, enough, love Tankathon. has Fox going there. Tatum goes to the Suns. CBS has Josh Jackson going there because they send Fox to the Suns and and they have Josh Jackson going to Sacramento. That would be miserable for him. And then our guy, Jeremy Wu, who probably would be right, has De'Aaron Fox going there. But they all have Dennis Smith going like in the next pick. So I think it's a reasonable play. Yeah, and that that's where we're heading next is uh, the Magic. The Magic, again, kind of hit the reset button when they got rid of Victor Oladipo and then went ahead and got rid of Serge Ibaka as well. So like it just seems like they could use a little bit of everything. I'm going to say to the Magic, hit the repeat button on the Kings. Pick your best player available. Don't get tricky. Don't get crafty. Don't take need. Just take the best player available. Please, Magic, for the betterment of the NBA. And that's the argument. And this is another team, Gus, like the Sixers at three, that have like a multitude of of options here across the board. This is another one that if you want to brag that you have the most accurate draft. And by the way, let us know what your draft uh, top 10 would be. You can email us, sdspodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at sdspodcast. You can tweet Gus, Currents 12 or myself, FTSY Warrior Mike. Let us know who your top 10 are because we're going to be putting ours out there for sure on social media as we get closer. Let's let's go through the rundown. They got Draft Express has it being Malik Monk going you know six. How about this? The Magic were brutal. I believe they were last in the NBA in three-point percentage this year. Do everybody a favor. Pick the most electrifying three-point shooter in the draft. Please take Malik Monk. Yeah, Magic, yeah. please take him. Please. Yeah, and Calipari was hyping him up, telling Francesa the other day that they haven't, we haven't scratched the surface on what Malik Monk can do. I have to tell you, folks, I'm not buying it. I'm not taking him over Dennis Smith. I saw enough of Dennis Smith go in the hole with that dunk to end the win to Duke that day. I haven't seen Monk attack the basket enough to be a top six pick for me. But on number six, here it is, Gus, NBADraft.net, has Jonathan Isaac going to Orlando. There's your guy. There it is because of the footwork, Uh right? He's got great footwork. doesn't matter. They had double digits, uh, single digits most of the year. He's great footwork. Jonathan Isaac also at Tankathon. Okay, we know the credibility of Tankathon now. Listen to this one from CBS. They have him taking Laurie Marketing, and they say they need everybody so they feel he's the best talent available. Obviously, buying into the sure. Flying Finn being Dirk Nowitzki. And our guy Jeremy Wu does have Dennis Smith going to Orlando, Gus. Well done. Okay. All right. That's not bad. I like what Jeremy's thinking Thinking there. I also like what CBS has with uh, Laurie Marketing there. And then, I mean, can, can the T-Wolves use this pick to get into the playoffs, please? Can they please use this pick to get into the playoffs? Are they going to take Jonathan Isaac? Are they going to take Laurie Marketing? Are they going to go? Uh, are they going to get Malik Monk because he's still there? Is there a po- I mean, are they? Is there a possibility that they're going to take a point guard and try to displace Ricky Rubio? Because they have Wiggins, they have Cat, they have like the dunking machine that is um, Levine. Like I-, I don't know what else they might need. Because they do have players in place at positions, so maybe a, a, a shooter to space the floor. Maybe that would be Isaac. Maybe that would be Monk. Maybe that would be Marketing. I think they would value shooting here if you're the T-Wolves. So I think they would pay very close attention to that. 
regardless of position. I think they might go positionless and just go with best shooter available, floor spacer available. I'm going to hit that music one more time because if Jonathan Isaac goes here, this is what it's going to sound like. And then we're never going to hear from Jonathan Isaac again. This is dead man's land, okay? Jonathan Isaac at 6'11", 19, points per, 19 years old, 6 foot 11 inches. He's going there. He is not playing. He's not developing enough. He's not getting enough floor time. I could see Jonathan Isaac being a Jingsu monkey king if this is where he ends up because he's on, a, he's on a team that is going to need him to perform. He is still a player that is raw. He's a player that's going to develop. This is not Kevin Garnett going to Minnesota. So I do think they will take him here, and I think it will be a colossal mistake. 12 points, 7.8 rebounds as a freshman. He has to pack on muscle. He's still very thin. He's going to play Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, all those guys. He is not ready. And this is my point. If Jonathan Isaac had stayed in and he comes out and he dominates, he's now more ready to step into play than he will be. This guy, I can see him sitting on the bench playing four minutes a game, but I know he's getting paid, right? I just don't think he's ready to step into this role, and they're going to need him to. And if he doesn't, I don't know where he's going to end up. I'm not sure either, but it seems like he's going to go somewhere in the top ten, so why not there? And then I think we'll end our little draft preview here of our kind of— Wow, that was 35 minutes. I can't believe—Gus, we can talk about this forever. I can't believe it was 35 minutes. Holy cow. For for real, when we uh, were—again, we're going to lift the curtain for the audience a little bit. When we were previewing uh, what we were going to talk about today, I said, Hey, Mike, we have all these things lined up. I bet we don't even get to like A, B, and C. And then here we are. We might not even get to A, B, and C. And we have some great things that we want to talk about. So we'll try to get to the Knicks and then we'll finish up. Um, right. Like, so, like spending a, your, your 12th overall pick in Detroit on a 6-1 shooting guard named Donovan Mitchell, that, which is what Draft Express is going to happen. I mean, I, I, think, I, I, mean think I'd, I think I'd rather pick you at 12. I, come on. Come on. Um, Stan, Stan Van is better than that, isn't oh, he? Stan. James, come on, man. James, Sue Falls. Sue, for, Sue Falls Sky Force. Here I come. Donovan Mitchell. So, 61 instead of 45, right, from last time. Is Phil really going to go to France and go Nilikina? That's right. Frank Nilikina from France, the 18-year-old point guard that is a little bit limited athletically but does have some good size with 6'5". Is he really going to pull the trigger here on this guy on this pick at this particular moment? I find it really hard to believe that that's going to be the case. Can't you see like all the boo birds coming out? Because I think the draft is in, in uh, Barclays again this year, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's the place is going to be packed with like, you know, net fans and Nick fans and maybe some Philly fans come up for the trusting the process. But like, are they really going to get up out of their seats and applaud aggressively for Frank Neely Kina? I can't see them. In fact, I can see them going the complete other direction and booing heavily. Like, are they just going to whiff on this pick again? Are they going to blow this one as much as as great as you know the unicorn is, and as incredible as incredibly gifted as Porzingis is, and as uniquely skilled as he is? Don't can't you just feel that they're going to whiff on this pick again? There's no chance that Phil Jackson is going into Lakina after going Porzingis if he does not take Malik Monk here. I think he is he's feeling the heat. He can you can't tell me that you're that sure of the 18-year-old p- 
guard from France that you're going to put him on this team. He's not ready to make an impact yet. He's going to have gifts, but he's going to need time to develop. They need to make an impact now. If it happens, Gus, invest your stock money in bulletproof vests because someone's going to shoot Phil Jackson. I think there is no chance the star power, the safe play, Kentucky, big lights, Broadway, big sign next to the Marlboro Man. It'll be Malik Monk. I think he's going for the safe play here, and he takes Monk. Uh, if you not, know, if not, he is so arrogant. If he does, Nidal Akina. Oh, how about this? How about if Monk is not available? Do you think that he would go? Do you think he would take our guy Zach Collins from Gonzaga? No, I, I think it's. I think he would if he's available, Gus. And I think that means that Dennis Smith or somebody's available. I mean, listen, if De'Aaron Fox fell all this way, I, I would. I mean, I'd buy season tickets tomorrow. I mean, I wouldn't be able to because I can't afford it, but I'd want to. But I think he would then take Dennis Smith. I I could be wrong. Look, I just look. It's not it, time it, for projects. There's no more projects with Nilakina and Porzingis. Not happening. So if it, look. The way the Knicks don't whiff on this is if Monk, Smith, or Fox are available at this particular moment. If one of those three guards is available, and that's their weakest point as a team, because they do have Porzingis and Carmelo up front, which are, you know, Carmelo is still a top 20-ish NBA player, and Porzingis is trending upward. Like, you have to give them some backcourt help, especially with the uncertainty of Derrick Rose uh, injury wise and availability wise and then just also like as much as we like you know lee and and the rest of the backcourt guys in in new york like why not get a guy that you know is going to fill it up and has put up 40 points and 30 points consecutively like monk i love the monk pick here that would not be a whiff if they take monk no way i think that's the move i i don't think i don't think phil has the guts to go two guys not coming from America again. If he's ready to get booed, he'll do that. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's ready. I. I. I personally think. Um, I personally think he'll fall down into the teens, um, and then somebody will take a chance on him there. But I think people are going to go. I, I think Phil's going to go name recognition for sure. Not unless uh, he's making the lanes trapezoids in the garden. The listen, his, his geometry is way off. Um, he needs to let go of the triangle and let and and let uh, his coaching staff and his players do their thing. Um, the triangle is dated. Uh, Jalen Rose has stead, stated on multiple occasions why that the triangle is dated because of the efficiency from three-point range and how the triangle does not account for um, uh, the three-point being the type of weapon that it is currently in the NBA. Like, it makes perfect sense. So he just needs to let it go, and he needs to move on from it. And there can still be elements of it and factors of it and, and, and shades of it. But at the same point, like, can we just let Hornacek coach and can we just let the players play? Like, just let let him be. Stop coaching from the stop coaching from like row two or from the from the uh, from the box with the with the delicious uh, chicken fingers uh, sitting next to you in the luxury box. Just Amen. Let, Amen. Let, 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 let coach and play. Amen. All right. So, Mike, next place. I'd like to attack. All right, so Mike, next place I'd like to attack is the play are the players that are left hanging until the deadline, which is May twenty fourth, where they can either leave their name in the draft or they can pull their name out of the draft and go back to school. And these players have not signed with an agent yet, so they still have that flexibility. Um, some of our favorite players, like Semi Ojale. Uh, have signed with an agent and they're going to stay in the draft. Some of uh, uh, is there another guy that we really liked that uh, decided to, 
Uh, oh, how about Eric uh, Eric Mika from uh, BYU? He decided to stay in the draft and sign with a Thank sign with God. an agent. So there's been a couple of guys that decide to stay in the draft and sign with an agent, but these particular players still have the flexibility until the May 24th deadline. So Mike and I are just going to alternate guys. We're going to give you like our three line scouting report on them, and then we're going to tell you like you know the good, the bad, the so on, the the, the ugly of what we think. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys uh, can tweet us about this at SDS Podcast. Do you agree? Do you disagree with our take on these partic- this particular list of guys? It's not a long list of people, um, and it's guys that we've talked about before on the podcast. Mike, first up, our guy that we have championed since back in October. Caleb Swanigan from Purdue still has the flexibility has not officially assigned with an agent give us a scouting report what do you think he's going to do I love diving deep on Big Ten players I've been covering a lot for BT Powerhouse and Swanigan is right at the top of my list listen it's a gamble if Caleb Swanigan is going to be a first round pick and get guaranteed money I agree with Jeremy Wu. I agree with Sam Bassini. I think he has to go. He is the best college player by far who has not made a decision. If he goes back to Purdue, he's the unanimous preseason player of the year. Vince Edwards may go back then, Gus, if he goes back, because now they're talking national title, right? But sure. it comes down to whether he's got to call a bet on a river. He's coming down to whether he's getting the guaranteed money. I just don't see him coming back and averaging 26 and 15. I don't see that jump. I think he's made his big leap. He's made that jump to the 80% free throw shooter. He's made that jump now to a 40% three-point shooter. So I think he should go. I think he will end up going. I think he will get drafted in the first round. Would I love to have him back? Yes. Would I be worried about the Ivan Rab situation? Maybe. But I, if he comes back, he's got to come back and be looking to pump in like 26 and 15 and get to the upper part of the draft. But I think he will stay in the draft. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's going to stay in the draft as well. I think him coming back to pump in those type of numbers is unrealistic. It has been unbelievably rare that a top three player from the college basketball season actually comes back and plays again. Um, Josh Hart maybe your one exception. Um, where he was like a top 10 player and then decided to come back. I think he's got to go. And here's the reason why I think he's going to have success in the NBA. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. He's going to go to a team that's already successful. He's going to go to a team where he's not going to be expected to be the star. He's going to go to a team where he's going to fall into the rotation and they're going to find a job for him. That job may be banging 15 footers. That job may be coming in and taking a couple of fouls. They're going to find a job for him. So I think Caleb Swan is going to stay in as much as we'd love to them come back and like light up NCAA basketball next year and be the preseason player of the year and get all these accolades, which we know he would get. He's going to go, and he's going to go late in the first round. He's going to go to a place that's tailor-made for him. I can't wait for Caleb Swanigan to experience NBA success after all the gosh damn hard work that he put in to make him the person that he is, and that's all him. If you guys have not seen the transformation of his body from high school until now, it is worth going back and Googling. The guy has put in the hard work. You know what? I want him to reap the rewards of his hard work and go ahead and get an NBA contract and get playing time and have a long NBA career. That's what I want for him. Sustain success just like Mike Randall says. That's the says. key. That's the key, man. Uh, next guy, Tony Bradley, UNC. So here's the key with Tony Bradley. He has like a real-life legacy decision right mike joel berry the second is coming back theo pinson is coming back uh seventh woods is hopefully going to be healthy enough next year they're bringing in a couple of good guys 
Meeks and Hicks are out of the picture. Hopefully they get drafted or get an invite to some NBA camps. If Bradley comes back, he gets all of those touches in the post that Meeks and Hicks got this previous year. And then with Joel Berry and Pinson, Seventh Woods, and him, they are an automatic top five team preseason. And it wouldn't be crazy to predict them to go back to the title game for a third straight year. So Tony Bradley has a number of factors in his decision. He has... I want to go get my money decision, like I'm going to get drafted at the end of the first round, maybe in the second round, or am I going to be a legacy type guy and be part of this UNC faction that has tried to attempt to make three Final Fours in a row or three championship games in a row? So I think out of all the guys on this list, I think Tony Bradley actually has the heaviest decision out of all the players and student athletes on this list. I don't know which way he's going to go, Personally, I'm rooting for him to come back and I'm rooting for him to extrapolate out those numbers because, you know, everybody has like the stats like, oh, well, if Tony Bradley played um, an entire game or played 30 minutes a game, he would average these numbers. You know what I want him to do? I want him to come back one more year. Just give me one. Extrapolate those numbers out and tell us and show us and display for us like what you can do on the NCAA level at the top, top, top of the ACC. Yeah. So I want to, I want Tony Bradley to come back. Yeah. I, I, as a college basketball guy, I'm going to be with you. I want him to come back. Joel Berry came back. Theo Pinson came back. He could come back and could totally dominate, but I'm going to play the flip side on this one for you. There yeah. is no logical reason why anyone, and I'm looking at draft express right now, why right. on earth you would take Harry Giles at 28 to the Lakers <laughs> and not take Tony Bradley. It just right. makes absolutely no sense. So, you know Tyler Lydon at 26 and not take Tony Bradley. I'm sorry. There's no logical reason. So, if Tony, what should happen? Tony Bradley should be a first round pick. There's no reason that a guy he probably who, should who last year as a freshman ended up having a nice impact on a championship team, 6.9 points, 5.1 rebounds in limited minutes. He's 19 years old, 6'10 in height, 7'5 wingspan, 248, 250, nice NBA size body. There is no reason why he does not get drafted in the first round. None, zero. Would I like to see him come back? Of course. But if the NBAs are going to make mistakes and put the Tony Bradleys and the Caleb Swanigans of the world in the second round, I don't want to see him come out because that's not guaranteed money for him. I agree. I, I, I want him to come back. I hope he gets some good information. And you know, these UNC guys always get good information. Do you know why? Guess who's, guess who's whispering in Roy's ear? Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's good. And, my, and listen, Roy's having some trouble. I heard an interview recently. Roy yeah. is not getting a lot of the one and dones, and they were asking him why. And quite yeah. frankly, he still thinks it's a scandal hanging over the team. Oh, so, yeah, because that isn't finished yet. So that's the – I mean, just look at Brandon Ingram, who decided to go to Duke over UNC and is now playing for the Lakers and is going to be the two guard that hopefully is going to run alongside point. Lonzo Ball. Like, he was – not lock, stock, and barrel to UNC, but it was neck and neck, and he decided to go to Duke because he didn't want to get caught up in the scandal stuff, and I think that's still a a shadow hanging over their head. Superior point, Gus. Superior point, and 
he if if he's going to have trouble recruiting, which he still will, as long as you get the, the more time goes on, right? They're not going to care about this anymore. But you have Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, and Tony Bradley coming back. You got a shot at another Final Four. And another Final Four means another year away from the scandal. And another year away from the scandal means you'll have a better chance at recruiting. So you know if it's close and he's here in second round, Old Roy's telling him to come back because as a coach, why wouldn't you? You see the kid go to a first round guaranteed, and he gets another shot at a Final Four. And when Michael Jordan is whispering, hey, I think you might be a second rounder, late first rounder, and go back and try to win one for my team, guess what Tony Bradley might do? He just might do that. Again, legacy, he has the heaviest decision out of all the guys on this list. All right, next and, guy on the list and, is... And all, and all Bradley's got to say is, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> Excellent reference. Thank you. Um, the next guy is your guy, Raleigh Hawkins from Arizona. We kind of, You were kind of on him all year. You said that he was a difference maker, and it seems like at the at the combine he was. Mike, give us the little scouting report on him, and what do you think he should do? Absolutely, without a doubt, Raleigh Hawkins has to come back. It's ridiculous. I don't know why it's taken so long. I watched him play on the draft combine show. He still has the fractured, dislocated finger. It's wrapped in tape. He got the injury in March. Why are you messing around, Raleigh? Okay, you averaged 10.9 points and 4.9 rebounds on a talented Arizona team. If you come back, you'll probably be the second in scoring behind Trier. He had a good showing at the Combine. He's a fun athlete. He's like an OG Ananobi type of guy. He, he is fun. He's he a is fun. fun. I love him. He's a thick player. He's got an NBA frame, but he is not fine-tuned enough yet. He's going to sit on a bench and he's going to rot. He could absolutely guarantee himself being a first-round pick if he comes back. Raleigh Alkins, wake up. What are you doing? you got a fractured finger. You're damaged goods. Talk to Harry Giles. Why would you do this? It makes absolutely no sense. Come back, Raleigh. Come back. I'm with you, especially because if we're going to project into next year's draft, this, this year's draft, 2017 draft, is unbelievably heavy. It's unbelievably talented. It's unbelievably packed. Next year's draft, not so much. So why not give your chance to give yourself a chance to be a first rounder next year, Raleigh Hawkins, and come back? And same thing as Tony Bradley. Why don't you come back and get Sean Miller that first Final Four that he's been itching for with Alonzo Trier and the rest of the crew at Arizona? Plus, did you see they got the Duke transfer? Chase Cheater yep. to go over to Arizona. So now it's just even a more loaded roster for Arizona and for Coach Miller. Plus, Chase Jeter's a little bit soft, so he could have Roy Alkins there to toughen him up a little bit. The big pillow, Chase Jeter. That wouldn't be a bad idea. That's great. Uh, next guy on the list, Dang Adele. I'll go really quick on him uh, from Louisville. Uh, Donovan Mitchell left. Uh, that obviously takes Louisville out of like a top three, top five preseason ranking. But if he, if Dang Adele stays, six seven wing, really skilled, can do a lot of things, can shoot the three, defend multiple multiple positions, play a little bit bigger than he is, um, uh, nice wingspan uh, numbers. If he comes back, Louisville can still be a top ten preseason team. And then the same thing we talked about with UNC and with Arizona, they will be talked about as a Final Four team. Dang Adele just seems to be lost in the shuffle here. I think he's a very generic player in this particular draft. But if he comes back and can have a, I don't know, a Jason Tatum type year where he's going to go ahead and, I don't know, average maybe 18, 17, a couple boards, up his percentages from the field, be a little bit more efficient. Then he comes back in a weaker draft. Then he's looking at a potential first-round situation. Right now, I think it's unbelievably cloudy for him. So I don't know why he would deal with that cloudiness. Just come back. I understand Louisville is underneath the same 
uh, murky situation that UNC is with uh, NCA investigations, so on and so on. But why wouldn't you come back to a great coach, much like uh, uh, Coach Williams at UNC? Uh, coach Patino at Louisville has done a great job with player development. Come back, help Quentin Snyder get your team to a Final Four. I think this is a very easy decision, personally, for him. Yeah, I, I, Dang Adele thinks he's Luel Dang. I mean, that's what it, that, that's why he's going. He yeah, thinks he can have that sort of impact. comparison. That's awesome. And oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he's not. And quite frankly, no, he's, he's, not. he's not. He's he's a limited player. He hasn't yeah. shown any dominance whatsoever at this level. I know he's got long arms. All of a sudden, that's all that matters, right? Dang Adele, <laughs> Dang Adele should absolutely come back. He, if he's getting bad advice, he's following Donovan Mitchell. That's a terrible decision. I, I, I do not think he's, he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's lucky if he gets drafted at all. Why are you doing this to yourself, Dang? You guys got eliminated in the second round by Michigan. Come back, make a run, get to a Final Four, give yourself some more some more exposure. Uh, he's not making it. It reminds me of that Terrence Williams, Earl Clark year. Very Earl yeah, Clark-esque. Come back, make be a first-round pick, hang around a little bit. I think he's getting bad advice. I'm totally with you. Uh, all right, next guy is unbelievably fascinating. I, I am totally fascinated. I have a, a unique take on what I think is going to happen to him. And that's Hamadou Diallo, who is from Kentucky, kind of, right? Because he didn't play a game for Kentucky, but he enrolled in Kentucky uh, and then went his second semester and practiced with the team and did all that sort of stuff. And then is now, because he's a year out of high school, which is the NBA rule, clarification, it's an NBA rule, it's not an NCAA rule. So we heard uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar this week uh, make the rounds on all the ESPN factions and kind of do the car wash where he, he bashed the one-and-done rule. It's an NBA rule. So if we not, we, need, we want to change it, that's in the next collective, collective bargaining agreement uh, negotiation uh, with the league, and they need to change that rule. So if we're, we're all up in arms about the one-and-done rule, let's go ahead and, and change it, either bring – and we can, this is a whole other topic for another podcast, whether it's let the high school guys come in like Kobe and LeBron and, 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 Ke- and Kate, uh, Kevin Garnett, or – Make it more like the baseball rule where you have two or three years where you have to be committed to the scholarship. Anyway, Howard Diallo has not played a single collegiate game, yet he declared for the draft. He tested out like an athletic freakazoid at the combine. I think he's a future buck. I think the bucks are going to take him in the first round if he stays in the draft because he is this athletic freak. He has this almost seven-foot wingspan as a guard. I think that they are, that's the type of guy that they would like to take a chance on and develop because they've done a great job with player development. Check Greek Freak, check Thon Maker, check Malcolm Brogdon. All of those guys have developed. Even check Tony Snell since he got traded from the Bulls. It seemed like he got better. Those guys do an unbelievable job. Craig Robinson uh, does an unbelievable job with the player development over there as well, so kudos to him. What are your thoughts on Hamadou Diallo and Kentucky, uh, from Kentucky, kind of, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he going to come back to Kentucky and just like blow up and be like the best player in college basketball next year? Or is he going to be a first-round pick? Yeah, he's going to be a first-round pick, and he's going to go, and it's a mistake. And the Bucs have a lot of interest in him. They're talking about the connection between Calipari and the vice president of player personnel, Dave Babcock. I get it. Yep. Here's my comparison. Gus, yep. the Bucks are kind of in win-now mode. 
Okay, they're not they're not developing anymore. They took Thon Maker. That's a project. I don't think the Bucks want to continue taking long term projects. They get Parker mm. back next year. They have right. Giannis. This is a team that's looking at the Eastern Conference Finals next year. That's what they're looking at. Up, you yeah. know, maybe the way it works out, the Celtics have to play the Cavs. I don't know. That's what they're I looking agree. at. He is not coming in and making an impact. I'm going to make the comparison for you. We heard all about Dante Exum, didn't we? Now Dante Exum has been in the uh, NBA now. He's been there for two years. His first year average four. 4.8 points on Utah, by the way. So, I mean, certainly a team that he should be playing on, maybe a little bit more than, than Diallo will be playing on the Bucks because they do have who should be the Rookie of the Year, Malcolm Brogdon, and some other people there. So yep. he's talking, Exum, 4.8 points, 2.4 assists for a, for a guard. Okay, sounds good to me. Next year, this year, maybe a little better. No, 6.2 and two rebounds. I don't know his personal situation. Ever since Sam Vecini told us that story about LJ Beak, I want to say, I'm not saying that if he goes out, I don't know his family situation. When he wants to do, that's fine. But if the Milwaukee Bucks are taking him, I'm telling you it's a mistake because this is a project guy. This is an Orlando Magic player. This is a team that needs about three, four years to get to the point where they can compete. The Bucks are ready to go. If they had Jabari Parker, they would have won that. And they could have been playing it. Maybe if they had a higher seed, they could have been playing the finals. I have no idea. This is a project Diallo. He's going to be on the bench. He's going to average three points per game. I don't like the move, but I agree with you. I think it could absolutely happen. They worked him out in Milwaukee, and they really liked him. Why are you working him out if you're not going to pick him at this point? I'm with you, but I think it's a mistake. But the Bucks are not a project team. The Bucks are here to win now. I agree. Um, I, I I think he's a little bit of a mystery. So I don't know if we I don't know if he's I don't know if we have like a great scouting report on him because we we didn't see him play a minute of collegiate basketball. I mean, the AAU guys and the summer league guys would know a little bit better. But we did not get to witness him do anything on a collegiate basketball court as a student athlete. Yeah, but, but, Gu- but Gus, remember, yeah. one more thing real quick. Most yeah. of these guys that come out of high school, they do not contribute right away. We always in, remember the in Kevin... Le- unless they're really special. Right. We remember the Kevin Garnett's of the world, the LeBron Jameses of the world. Do you think Diallo is LeBron James? I mean, I think at some point we have to drop to the baseline and, and regress to the mean and realize that most of these guys don't make the impact right away. So that I do not great, think... That's a great point. I don't think Hamadou Diallo is coming in averaging 11-7 and seven next year. I don't. Could he do it in three years? Maybe. But I think the Bucks are ready to reach an Eastern Conference Finals at some point within the next three years yes i do so then do they take dj wilson which is our next guy ah mr versatility dj wilson is a big man that has some skills that can stretch the floor can shoot the ball handle the ball uh he is undecided he is not uh, signed with an agent yet will he come back to michigan and make michigan um i mean they were knocking on the door to a sweet 16 and a lead eight slash final four this year does he come back this following year to help them like knock down that door or does he stay in the draft because he got some good information and people like his diverse skill set? Uh, that's a great question. I've written a lot about DJ Wilson. I had a comparison between him and Nigel Hayes to see who's the better pro. I had an article mm. for BT Powerhouse recently talking about maybe the Celtics or Lakers could target that sort of versatile player later in the draft with their second round pick. Here's the deal with Wilson. He's a 6'10 junior. He took a huge leap forward this year. He went from points per game. He went from 2.9 to 11.0, Gus. He was 53.8% from the field for a variety of shots. He was not an in-close yep. guy, which is really his weakness. They talk about him not being enough of a post player at his size. He made 41 three-pointers. He led the, the Wolverines in rebounding 5.3 at Michigan. He got off to a strong start. He had 28 and 14 again, a loss at Iowa, okay, which was a nice uh, production. But where he came through was in the second half of the season as they went to the tournament. He hit some big, big clutch shots. 
I think DJ Wilson is the type of player who should stay in. I think he is a lock for a first-round pick. I think somebody will take him. He is better than Justin Jackson and that type of guy, and he certainly is someone who at the Combine did very well. So DJ Wilson, I think, should stay in, and he put something on Instagram, which, by the way, his Instagram is lanky underscore smooth. Lanky smooth, one of the greatest names on Instagram I've seen. <laughs> I like lanky smooth, yeah. He yeah. writes, nothing lasts forever, but at least we have these memories. And it was them upsetting Louisville. That tells me he's going, and I think he will be a first-round pick because I think he is very unique at his size to be able to score in a multitude of ways. I totally agree with you. I think that he is very uh, – here. you know, if we're going to marry the Big Ten guys, the guy that we started with and um, DJ Wilson, the second-to-last guy that we'll get to, um, I think he and Cable Swanigan are going to be drafted unbelievably close to one another in the first round, yep. the late first round, and I think they're both going to be asked to do really simple things for their teams. I don't think that either one of them is going to be placed with like, okay – you have to do these 12 things to make our team great. They're going to get the assignment of, you need to do these three things to make our team great. And I think they're both going to be great at those three things. Uh, last guy that we'll talk about that hasn't signed with an agent yet that had an enormous, like, blow-up, crazy NCAA tournament. I mean, besides Dorsey and Thornwell, would you say Blewett had the third best? He did. He had NCAA a huge tournament. tournament. Yeah, so I mean, Edmund Summer, his backcourt mate Xavier, has signed with an agent and is in the NBA draft for real, um, is not coming back to Xavier. Blewett has the option. Does Blewett ride that momentum and maybe show really nicely at the combine? Or does he decide to come back and be like, if he comes back, can't you see him? Can't you see us? picking him for first team all-american preseason next year he's got to come back uh sumner's making a mistake he's damaged goods as well and he wasn't that dominant of a player beforehand he's making a mistake he's got second round written all over him that's a total poor advice move for edmund sumner as for trayvon blewett i loved him i thought he played great in the tournament i thought he was working himself up to a late first round pick and then of course on 3 30 p.m he got pulled over in his 2003 silver chevrolet impala uh. With the marijuana possession or the hash, hash, you know, the strong odor coming from his car of marijuana, that's right. going to make him damage goods. None of these websites we talked about have him listed as a, as a pick in the first or second round. What oh. are you What are you doing, Trayvon? You come back, you light it up. You could be first team All American, and you can get yourself in the first round because you can score. You made a mistake. Kids make mistakes. It happens. That's why maybe they shouldn't declare right away. Gus at 18 years old. Trayvon's older. He should have known better. But that makes him damage goods. I don't like him hiring the agent. I think you'll hear Trayvon Blewett coming back to Xavier before the 24th. Oh, I think he's going to be one of the first names. I think he's going to follow Isaac Haas's, uh, uh move to come back to Purdue. I think I think Trayvon Blewett's coming back to Xavier. You know, you know, um, you know Isaac Haas is here on the podcast. You just walked in. Isaac, how you doing? I must break you. All right, Isaac looks a little angry right now. I guess we'll just get back to the podcast. Sorry that he's so angered. I, I don't know why he's so annoyed. You have to break uh, me, Isaac. <laughs> so we're hoping that um, you guys are feeling lucky, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed the NBA draft lottery and you're enjoying the NBA playoffs. Uh, we just want to throw out a couple of, uh, hey, uh, hope these people are feeling lucky too. We want to throw out a couple of hoys out there and, and give a shout-out to our listeners, new and old. Hey, ahoy out there, at. B.A. Willman1. Uh, just a heads up, I had a nice brew from Other Half in Brooklyn. It's called Broccoli. Cheers out there. Broccoli. For real, it's called Broccoli. It was amazing. Um, ahoy out there at After Movie Dinner. You may think, like, what in the world is this? 
Y'all need some movie reviews? Hit this crew up. They have reviews. They have a podcast. You need some information? These guys are the place to go. And an old school hoy out there to I got our guy at Hoops Weiss. And if you're listening to this, you need to follow Hoops. Uh, Hoops is awesome. Uh, he sat, sent out a, a text, uh, I guess, last week that he wanted to get to like X, you know, thousand followers. You know, of course. So we sent out our, our good wishes. Um, and Hoops was a guest on the on the podcast earlier uh, this particular season. We hope to get him on over the summer for the preseason uh, coming up. Um, so if you don't follow Hoops Weiss, follow him at Hoops Weiss. He's amazing. And remember, guys. Go compost all those Mother's Day flowers that you went out and hustled to get uh, so they go to the right place and they can, uh, you know, bring new life. And enjoy some uh, time outside. The sunset is approaching 8 p.m. here on the East Coast, so do your best to spend some time outside and then get in touch with Mother Nature, everybody. Mike Randall, is there anything else that you want to bring to the listeners during this particular podcast? Gosh, no. I'm just really excited. That lottery comes in, Gus. It gets us fired up. You know, we're headed towards the NBA draft. We're going to have a lot of stuff for you here. We have a new analyst coming in who are going to give us our breakdown. We'll have some stuff out there on Twitter as well. I'll have some more articles coming from BT Powerhouse. Really exciting time. We're fired up. Great things are happening here, guys. So spread the word. Go to iTunes, please. Continue to rate us. We're going to try. Our goal is to get up to 100 uh, reviews by the time we hit the season next year. So we're at 48 right now. The reviews do help. We're on Blog Talk Radio. Check us out. Spread the word. Screen the screener. For those guys that won, uh, people who are waiting on gifts for us from the tournament, they're on, they're coming soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got, uh, guys that are on uh, gifts, we're, we're working on it. We have it in the works. Just be patient, and we'll get in touch with you on where to send it and things. So um, uh, loyal listeners out there, thank you. We're not forgetting you. We're not ignoring you. We're, we're working on it. We do have other things to do. So it is in the works, right, Mike Randall? Yeah, it's in the works, man. And we got some – Gus and I got some great, great stuff planned as we're getting through this summer, getting into next year. All I can tell you is this. With the next year's season, the 2017-2018 college basketball season, this is the number one podcast that you need to listen to. We have some really cool stuff in store next year. We're taking a huge step forward, so we're fired up. Thanks for listening, everybody.